1: the big bets on campus podcast
0: podcast, podcast. all right here we go 10, 15 20 25 30 35 40 45 50 and the kick is blocked the college football world
2: It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS. Why the new BCS? Because it's Brett, Colin, and Stucky joining me this week after a fantastic week. I think we swept our records last week from our early picks on the show, bringing us to 14-5 and on the season with this early week podcast on our one for the road segment. So we'll have one later on. Of course, we're going to do sources stumper where I'm trailing Stucky, but uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of coach updates. There's a college football playoff rankings coming out. We're going to have a live Mac show right before kick. So I'll start off with you guys. Let's do some round table here. How'd you guys this weekend go?
1: Go ahead, stuck. Kansas state one. Let's hear it.
0: (laughs) Are we done with this debate? Are we done with this Oklahoma state debate? We got rid of those frauds, but yeah, I had had another great weekend. I don't know how many more I can have, but uh, we'll take it. uh, Yeah, I think I went 14-4 and and then also hit 4 out of 5 in the round robin. Um, TCU hurt, over West Virginia, I should say, plus 7.5, but what are you going to do? And uh, yeah, it was another good weekend, but we're on. I think I went 5-0 and on the the Big Bets on Campus live show. But uh, as I say every week, who cares? We're on the next week. Try to find some more winners.
1: I care stuck. We were uh Saturday show, you were five and oh, Colin was five and one. I was four and two. Pretty solid. Um on the app, I started out and I text you this. I started out 12 and one Saturday on the app.
0: What was your one loss?
1: <laughs> live Houston USF over. <laughs> so if I didn't put the live play in, I would have it started 12 and oh. Finished, I think 17 and 7. And uh, shout out to the guy that called left the voicemail on on your uh, podcast uh Sunday night that was ripping me for the USC Arizona game at Hitler. halftime. He it, called you Hitler. He called me Hitler, yeah. I didn't want to bring that up, but thanks. The dude with the mustache, um sources or go you know, that looks
0: like Hitler kind of uh he rips me for the He didn't pick call you I, Hitler. He said he, he said the guy with the mustache like. looks like Hitler. Yeah, yeah it looks like yes, everybody that him. has he a did.
1: mustache looks like Hitler to this yes. guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's ripping me for my pick at halftime and the pick wins. So, you know, I appreciate an apology next week. But anyway,
0: I wish everyone did that to my picks. Every time that happens, they win. Um, <laughs> like we have Washington Cal, and it makes for great content because then you get to put it on the voicemail. Um so yeah, that was uh that was funny. But yeah, another another solid week for you, Brett. Keep it going. It's good for Brett to get a
2: taste of the intoxicated culture, like when the sun goes down, the voicemails fill up. I think the problem that we've had this year, like the reason why the voicemails were have not been as spicy and like after Stucky and I this year is most of like the marquee matchups are all happening at noon. You know, there hasn't been that 7 p.m., 9 p.m. hot one where it's got everybody's attention, wild gambling. I mean, Alabama, Tennessee was there, uh, but Stucky and I were kind of split on that, so there wasn't really a lot of hate to go around. We're going to get more primetime games. I know LSU-Bama this weekend is coming up, but. uh
0: I, I there's look been a ton of it's this Fox stuff. There's been a ton of games at like noon. I, I personally don't like it. Like I like to ease in to the day, and uh, th- we'll have that this weekend. It's like you know Tennessee Georgia obviously is going to be awesome 3:30 CBS, but there's not a lot of great noon games. But there'll be some entertaining ones like Texas Tech TCU. I personally think that we'll talk about that later. I personally think that total's too low. Um, I don't know Texas Tech, Tech wants to go a million miles an hour. I don't know who's stopping who in that game, but uh, and then Western Kentucky Charlotte. I just had to get that in there. But that could that could be fun with a lot of points. So, But we actually have, like, the bigger games later in the day, which I prefer personally. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later in the week.
2: Yeah, because we're a DJU podcast, and Clemson's got a big one against Notre Dame. Conceivably the last hurdle for Clemson to get to the college football playoff. Uh, that's and he's starting right, didn't they? Did Dabo confirm that? Does it? I mean, you could take one snap, and if he doesn't feel right, or maybe he ate some wrong ice cream, they'd have Kid Clubman in there immediately, and then Dabo would still claim that DJ is the starter. Um, yeah, so we we had a really good weekend on the show, we all did really well on the app, but uh, we're moving forward. Uh, Brett, before we get to you know talking about what we think what's going to happen in the college ball playoff, the first edition, which I wrote up a piece on it. Look forward on Action Network on Tuesday about some value in lines. There are two teams out there that uh, one of them, I think, is absolutely making the playoff and their numbers should be hit. Mm-hmm. Another one has a great playoff number uh, to win the national title and you can easily hedge out of it. So look forward to that piece. But Brad, before we get to the college football playoff, Brian harson has been fired. Uh, I know everybody's <laughs> having fun with the birthdays. I know that you probably had to go cancel your tweet to wish Brian Harson a happy birthday. On I did. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know what, I, can you please either diffuse or give credence to the Lane Kiffin rumors?
1: No, they're real. I I think, I think if he's not the top can, if he's not one a he's one B um, you know, I think it's something that he will consider and he will get paid a ton of money at Mississippi state or, Jimmy Sexton, his agent, will get him a ton of money to stay at Ole Miss, but I think, I think that's who they look at first. Deion Sanders could be a possibility, but I think, you know, because of Kiffin's experience in the SEC, uh, I think that that brings a lot of value to Auburn, and I, I think uh, Kiffin would Kiffin would take it if if the money obviously if the money's right, but. Yeah, it was some it was some weird iron bowl voodoo, where Auburn fires its coach the day before Harson's birthday, and also fires the Auburn coach on Nick Saban's birthday. So that is how crazy is that? And that will be a Nick Saban question in a bonus edition of Sources Stumper later oh, in the show.
2: I can't wait for that. So when you said one A one B, is that Hugh Freeze or Mike Leach fill in the other
1: slot? Uh Hugh Freeze. And everyone's first reaction, he just got a new contract at Liberty. Okay. So his buyouts higher, they'd have to pay more money to get him, get him out of uh Liberty. Uh Auburn wants more than anything a coach that can compete with Alabama, specifically Nick Saban. Hugh Freeze has beat Nick Saban. Uh Kiffin has been in the SEC. He know, he's gone head to head with Saban. Um, you know. I don't. there's not a right or wrong choice. I think Kiffin's the guy, but we'll we'll find out. This will get played out probably pretty publicly. And Kiffin will have a lot of cryptic tweets in the next uh, few weeks, as he always does, and, and we'll see what they end up with. But now, yeah, we've got eight openings uh, heading into next year.
2: Which is way less than what we had last year, but I'm sure that'll get ramped up here because we haven't had that flurry of, please don't get to six wins, and I'm an AD and I have to keep you. Uh, That hasn't broken out quite yet, but I don't know. From a personal standpoint, I can't see Kiffin making the move because you could post a 9-3 and record at Ole Miss and they'll build a statue. You post a 9-3 and record at Auburn and, uh, you know, you're subject for firing. So expectations are a little bit different, though. And, you know, I know that we've said this before, Brett, but Nick Saban doesn't have plans to ever retire. Uh, I mean, really, is Nick Saban the domino that makes every single coach in college football? switch their positions
0: yeah I mean it depends on what direction they just they want to go in um I'm I'm personally more curious about in the SEC stick with the SEC coaching team um well does that do, does Alabama fire Saban and go after Charlotte's interim coach after that performance that's something worry about. <laughs> but the other uh the other thing I'm more interested in is Texas A&M like yeah the the recruiting classes are elite and Jimbo, it would cost like $4 trillion. It's like the GDP of like 70 countries to buy him out. But at what point does someone just say, all right, let's get a group of boosters together and we're going to do this if they continue losing? Is it just way too much? Is the recruiting classes that he is bringing in give him a longer leash? He obviously also has a good track record. Is that even in the realm of possibility that he gets canned somehow?
1: Yeah, Stuck. I think it's if Texas A&M is fed up enough with him, I, yeah, anything's possible. I mean, right now, you look at him after 56 games at Texas A&M, he's actually two games worse than Kevin Sumlin was. Um, he's got wild. Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU, so he's probably winning, I'd say, at worst, uh, p- probably three wins, maybe two, if things go really bad. But, yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> He's gotta win three he's gotta win three of his last four to get to a bowl game. I mean, think about that. They were top top ten preseason. And it's you know, you're right. Every every penny's guaranteed. I think it's 89 million now. And you know, they have a lot of money at Texas AM. And if they're, you know, if if they lose at home to Florida, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's uh I, I wouldn't count anything out.
2: I'm not sure Jimbo would be unhappy with getting an $89 million buyout, but uh, should be interesting what happens down there with Texas A&M. And, you know, with Texas coming back into the SEC, the hire has to be spot on or else your recruiting is just going to take a month. I mean, the biggest thing for Texas A&M moving to the SEC was, hey, you can come and play at Texas A&M and you can play in the SEC. So take that, Texas. That's gone now. Uh, so the number of five stars that we keep rattling off every year and we keep predicting Texas A&M to be a college football play off team every summer. I mean, that's going to come to a a real slow screeching halt. So we'll see if Texas A&M is going to wait till that buyout gets lower. Do they have a contingency plan about who that would be? Uh, It would be pretty funny if they fired him and went after Lane Kiffin after the whole clown uh, mask and uh,
1: (laughs) Joker. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, that would be some days of our lives type shit. So um Brett, let's switch over to the College Football Playoff ranking. I wrote up a couple values on futures today. I'll let people go check that article out on Action Network. Is Alabama going to be in the top four?
1: You know what? I was actually looking right now trying to project that. I don't think they are. I don't. And I'm not saying whether they should. I'm right. just saying I'm how the committee will look at it. I think Tennessee is going to be number one. I think Clemson's going to be in the top four. I don't think Clemson should be in the top four. Right. And that's somebody who ranks him number four in the AP poll. Um, I don't, they look at top, they value wins against current top 25 teams. Well, that would be Alabama would be two and one. Um, well, possibly they could be one and one I guess, you know, if Arkansas is not, yeah, Arkansas is not the top 25. So no, I don't think Alabama will be in the top four.
2: Right. So stuck. Is there a team out there that you think has a clear path could benefit from, I mean, these odds shift. Like right now, Michigan is 16 to one. Clemson, if you really dig deep, 20 to one out there. Uh, Tennessee, eight to one out there. Now, whether those have value or not, it doesn't matter. The public perception completely changes once they see that number. I mean, you look at Michigan State last year, right? The odds were like 50, 60 to one, but they had the number seven and number six attached to them. They're seeding last year in the playoff ranking, and they, they had no shot. Like odds makers weren't fooled at all. But is there a team that you think could get a bump by tomorrow's rating?
0: No, I mean, the only thing, it's really tough to, to find value in, in the national title market. I mean, Tennessee, the Tennessee's emergence has made the SEC a little bit more intriguing. Um, but if I were to look at it, I would say, okay, if I'm evaluating the national title futures market right now, Clemson is a three and a half point favorite at Notre Dame. That's it. Was it 40? If you think that the uh, odds are fair a 40% chance to lose that game, lose that game. They're they're out in my opinion. Um, So then who would, who could potentially take that spot? And then who is like down in the odds? Like where does Oregon sit? Mm -hmm. Oregon, if if Oregon runs the table and Clemson suffers a loss this weekend, um, I think Oregon would be the biggest benefactor of the ACC potentially knocking itself out. You also have TCU who's undefeated, but over the next couple of weeks, they have, you know, Texas Tech, they're over a touchdown fair, but then it's like Tech, they have a tough schedule coming up. And if they lose one, they're out. So I, I don't know where Oregon sits across all books, but getting one of these teams that you think could, and if you are a huge believer in TCU, maybe you buy TCU. Um, because I think that if you just look at the odds, what we talked about, this is maybe the last chance Clemson has of slipping. And that will literally open up one spot in the college world playoff, if they lose this weekend, if they win this weekend, not saying it's impossible to lose, but that's, that's one spot that's gone. Right. And then you have Ohio state. That's presumably going to take, or the, you know, the winner of Ohio state, Michigan, uh, and then Georgia or Tennessee, winner of this Georgia, Tennessee game. And then maybe Alabama in the sec. So like, it's almost an open and shut case for a lot of these spots if Clemson wins and if they lose, then it's going to be really interesting. You're going to see some odds drop. So maybe the look is a team like Oregon um, who could get in and has the offense to just maybe cause some chaos. But uh, I don't know. That's how I would look at it.
2: All right, Brett, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, not going to hold you to this. We're not going to come back and grade it or anything like that. Who would get the fourth spot in this scenario? An undefeated TCU Big 12 champion, a one-loss Georgia team that lost in the SEC championship, a one-loss Tennessee team that never got to compete in the SEC championship because they lost to Georgia. Who would grab that fourth slot? Or Clemson with a loss to Notre Dame still won the
1: ACC. Okay. Well, obviously, Georgia and Tennessee, both of those can't happen. But you're saying if TCU. No, Georgia could beat. Tennessee. Oh, Georgia could lose to Alabama. My yeah. bad. Um, okay. In that scenario, Alabama's in yep. at 12 and one. Georgia's in at 12 and one. TCU's in at 13 and 0. And then um, Ohio State's in. There's no way a 13 and 0 team is left out of the playoff.
0: Okay, so TC- yeah, I agree. But the more interesting one, Colin, is if, if TCU or Clemson has one loss. So let's assume I agree. If Alabama wins the SEC with one loss, they're getting it even though they lost Tennessee because yeah. they beat Georgia. Georgia would be in, and then you have Ohio State in. So the more que- interesting question is one loss, Big 12 champion TCU, one loss, ACC champion Clemson, one loss, non champion Tennessee. Tennessee because Tennessee strike the schedule, but then does a committee want to take a third SEC team, which might work against them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they, I know people aren't going to believe this. They honestly would not hold it against Tennessee. They're in the same conference with Alabama and and Georgia. I think they will give a lot of weight to conference championships. So in your scenario stuck, um, they would either take 12 and one big 12 champ TC or 12 and one big 12 champ Clemson. Whoever they think had the stronger schedule, played more ranked teams, yada, yada, yada. Probably
0: Big 12. I would, I would lean Big 12 in that scenario. Right.
1: So to, basically, it's very simple for Tennessee. If Tennessee goes 11 and 1, I know there's a million scenarios, but the most simplest scenarios Tennessee goes 11 to 1, loses to Georgia. They have to have Alabama not win the SEC title because yeah. if Alabama wins the SEC title, they will get in over Tennessee, even though they lost the head to head because they will have the SEC championship.
2: Yeah. You can absolutely guarantee that if Tennessee loses this game to Georgia, I'm going to be hitting Tennessee national champion futures. Uh, it's (laughs) There's just two – I mean, they they would get an at-large if Georgia was to win out, including winning the SEC championship. I am not positive that TCU is going undefeated this entire season. That I mean, Sucky, as much as you want to troll me on the Texas game on my Twitter every day, I know that's a real spot they're probably going to lose the whole Patterson angle and TCU's first half woes like uh you know I it should be interesting to watch but I agree with you guys uh check out the article tomorrow to see what value I think is in there but I can guarantee you when I write it up next week if Tennessee loses this game to Georgia they're going to be primary target number 1 when odds are re-released I think we need to assess our injury update um I mean we we've had a handful of concussion protocols go in come out I can't find any information on Todd Cintillo. Uh James Madison off of bye week, uber important to the Louisville total and the spread. Uh, but, uh, Stuck,
0: what do you got from an injury standpoint? Uh, for, for Kansas, Oklahoma State this week, Jaden Daniels, Leopold came out and said he's maybe going to go this week. Although I don't think it's as important as people think, man. That Kansas offense, the way that they design it, It's amazing. They don't rely on any one player. All the pre-snap motion, they just confuse defenses, and they don't take any negative plays. Like, you go back to – they brought their offensive line coach, I think, is a guru. You go back to Buffalo. Buffalo went one season, but they gave up one sack. And, like, you know, Bean came in, and the offense, if you look at their numbers, adjusted for opponent, the quarterback really hasn't mattered. Like, Jane Daniels brings another element to it, but, man, that Kansas staff, very underrated. Um, Defense another story. But uh, Tulsa, Davis, Bryn. Left the game, his status remains up in the air. Phil for hold on, hold yeah. on. Before we move on, that changes Tulsa
2: completely because Braxton yeah. is a is a dual threat mobile quarterback. That changes the Tulsa offense completely. So make sure and uh, find out who's starting and then handicap uh, respectively because it becomes a Tulsa ground attack more than it does a passing attack.
0: Yep. Uh, Jake Hayner came back for Fresno. Phil Jerkovich got hurt, left the game for BC. Who still can't cover? Uh, I mean, they're dreadful against us, but they didn't score a touchdown. Massive steam,
2: massive steam on Minnesota today. Or, I'm sorry, massive steam on Duke.
0: <laughs> Duke, yeah, Duke's like a nine point road fair. There, their eighth offensive line combination of the year for BC. They can't block anyone. I think they're averaging two yards per carry. Maybe Akron's only last. They can't do anything. Uh, Phil, Phil Jerk, which draft stock is. uh you you were mentioning minnesota i think there yeah. was steam in minnesota today because casey thompson most likely will miss that game for nebraska keep an eye out there preston stone who i love for smu five-star kid he's out for the year with a broken collarbone their third string came in mordecai status remains up in the air so smu quarterback situation worth watching kentucky uh, chris rodriguez got hurt left DeAndre Square, their leading tackler, was in a boot in the second half. They're already without their other starting line, linebacker, Jacques Jones. So a lot of injuries to monitor for Kentucky. Uh, Plumlee, the quarterback for UCF, didn't play in the second half. Worth monitoring. Old Dominion's tight end. Their start tight end, Coons, he's out for the year now, officially. Marshawn Lloyd, who basically is South Carolina's quarterback because they can't throw it. He's one of the best running backs in the country. He's banged up. Thigh brews week to week. We'll see uh, his status. Ty Labatai, the – navy quarterback went out he was not he didn't play late their backup was in overtime was a quarterback against temple and one other one spencer sanders uh brett will probably be able to provide better update than i can i think gundy said he's hopeful that he'll play this weekend but it's like the last couple weeks of oklahoma state there's just a lot of uh moving pieces when it comes to injuries that will be worth monitoring yeah, I think a couple
2: others we can talk about. I mean, we don't know. I, I don't know if Brett knows. I don't know if any of us know what really happened with Cam rising there on Thursday night when he was dressed up. Uh, he was in warm-ups. Uh, and then all of a sudden was any yeah, yellow penny and not playing. I don't know if we'll get information there. Uh, John Reese Plumley, did you – I'm sorry, did you mention that?
0: Yep. So, yeah, he didn't. I didn't get an update on him. I, I have to look into it. I just know he didn't play in the second half. But
2: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez post-game shared that he had gotten limited work in the second half because he got injured uh, from a running back perspective. Uh, Xavier Arline, the quarterback that came in for Ty Lavatai in, in the Navy game, he went 16-54 on the ground. So it looks like that plug-and-play offense. Uh, not sure, you know, if that's going to be as smooth with Arline in there, but they did go to overtime with Temple.
0: I he think CJ, before, too.
2: Yeah, C.J. Donaldson, like, leaving the game twice for West Virginia against TCU – I mean that is the workhorse running back, and Tony Mathis Jr. was already hurt for West Virginia, so that might be a continued fade. Neil Brown uh, feeling warm these days, Brett, or uh...
1: Uh, it would help if he got the six wins. I'll just say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think that's really what we've got from a quarterback perspective. But uh, we are definitely, uh, you know, waiting on news on certain guys like Todd Sintio, who's dealing with an oblique. Uh, a lot of other quarterbacks in concussion protocol, which means you have to wait till an hour before the game to see if they're going to be available to play. All right, with that, I'm handing it over to Brett because I am trailing big time in Sources Stumper, and I've got to get a leg up here.
1: Hey, before we do Sources Stumper, i got a real quick Mac story. Did you guys see what happened in the Akron-Miami-Ohio game Saturday?
0: Miami-Ohio rolled. We
1: had a two-point conversion from the 48-yard line. Akron. What so,
0: was their personal fouls?
1: Akron scored to make it twenty-seven-nine. Four minutes to go. They go for two. They they convert the two-point conversion. However, DJ Irons is penalized fifteen yards for a blindside block. Then Jeff Undercuffler, the backup quarterback, is penalized for two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties for thirty yards and ejected. And they show him on the camera screaming fuck you at an official so they had 45 yards in penalties and you have they to attempt, go for
0: 2 there. not number one they don't they, have a kicker but they right. you're they down attempt, by 18 they attempt
1: a pale mary from the 48 barely gets to the end zone not successful and yeah miami ohio wins
0: that's amazing you have to go for two there you can't 27 even, one, and can't nine a, yeah
1: they're trying to cut it you got to cut it to 16, so, it to 16.
0: That's, that's
1: why amazing. that's why we love action. well they weren't going to kick
2: it from that distance
1: you could yeah yeah,
0: you You can't you gotta go for it
1: anyway you couldn't kick it that far
0: and akron doesn't have a kicker either that's amazing i missed that completely it better is just the trivia about akron two-point conversions it better not be yeah
1: that that was it that's trivia
0: the longest two-point conversions in akron football history go that's it it may sound easy but it will test your head and your mind and your brain too I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now.
1: Now it's time for America's favorite game show. Yes, the source of Stumper. Checking out the leaderboard, Stucky leading 22 to 15. Colin, since you're still trailing, good news is you can go first this week. And remember, no Googling. All right, Tuesday night, the college football playoff unveils their inaugural rankings for this season. And in honor of the college football playoff, this week's question is somewhat timely. So what I'm looking for are the 10 Power 5 schools with the most wins since 2014, the first year of the college football playoff. The 10 schools with the most wins among Power 5 schools that have not made the college football playoff.
2: Thank God okay. we finally have a week right up to answer South Florida on something.
1: South Florida is not one of the top 10 answers.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Colin Wilson, what you say? Oklahoma State. That is correct. The Pokes are second with 78
0: wins. Uh, Penn State.
1: Stuck. Nice job. Penn State, number five with 73 wins. Wisconsin. Colin, number one, 80 wins for the Badgers. No college football playoff appearances yet.
2: These are essentially teams that I place futures on with a national title that never make the (laughs) playoffs. Well, let's,
0: let's, let's let's go with another one, Utah.
1: Number four. Actually, they're tied for third. You're right, Stuck. Utah tied for third, 74 wins. Colin? Oregon. Oregon is not... Oregon has been to the playoff. Yep. Marcus Mariota.
0: Wow. Let's go. uh, Stucky,
1: break serve.
0: You're up, Stuck. Let's go Iowa.
1: Iowa tied for third with Utah. 74 wins or 74 yards of offense per game. Choose one or the other. Colin, you're up. TCU. TCU is not. They're not even in the top 12. I've got the top 12 for you guys, but they're not in the top 12. Stuck?
0: Let's go Florida.
1: Yes, Florida is sixth with 69 wins. That's nice. nice. Stuck, uh, 4-2 lead. Colin? xAm Very good. They are uh, seventh right behind Florida. They have 68 wins. Just not any in the past few weeks. We're down to the eighth, ninth, and tenth place teams.
0: Uh, let's go USC. Nice, Stucky, tied
1: for eighth, sixty-seven wins, one behind Texas A&M.
0: Well,
2: I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to make mistake again. Washington made the playoff. Uh, <laughs> so easy to forget the Pac-12. Michigan State.
1: Michigan State made the playoff. Way, way, crushed. way, a million oh, years got ago. Blown
2: out too. That spread was like.
0: I don't think they scored. Uh, let's go Stanford.
1: Uh, good guess. No Stanford. Not in the top 12. Does anybody really want to win this game? Okay, I'll give you guys a hint. One hint. We're that's down it. down
0: to two, right? We're down to two left?
1: You're down to the two. Okay. They are both in the same conference.
2: Uh, NC State.
1: Colin, nice pull. NC State, oh, what, what did he 67 say? wins. NC State. So you got one ACC school left, Stuck.
0: They're uh, always in Miami.
1: That is right. That is right. That's your top ten, Stucky. Uh, Stucky six correct. Colin four correct. Uh, if you care,
0: you did well, Colin. You just forgot about the playoff. The old yeah. playoffs. Yeah,
1: you remember the first couple of years of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I forgot about you that. Would've, you would've...
2: I almost said Florida State too, and that would have been the first <laughs> yeah. That the
1: that yeah. wasn't a good guess. Washington, um, yeah, they made
0: it back in the day. Mississippi
1: too. State is 11th, one behind Miami, and Ole Miss is 12th. Okay, so speaking of the SEC, we've got a bonus sources stumper question. But wait, there's more. Hang on to your seat, baby. Stucky, you got to go first. Uh, Brian Harson fired Monday at Auburn. Stuck, since Nick Saban, happy birthday, Nick, his birthday is Halloween, since Nick Saban was hired at Alabama in 2007, how many head coaches have there been in the SEC? Oh. So what I'm looking for is of the 13 SEC schools, how many head coaches total had oh. there been since 2007, since Saban was hired? This does not include interim coaches. Only full-time head coaching hires stuck Give me a number, and then Colin, you guess?
0: 48.
1: Colin?
2: I came to an average of three head coaches at 13 teams. I said 39.
1: The correct answer is, amazingly, 52. (laughs) Yeah, I knew I undershot it. I knew I undershot (laughs) it. Nice job. Here's a little bit more for you. My God, are you still talking? Only two schools have had fewer than three head coaches in the past 16 years.
0: Florida probably.
1: Nope. They've had five. Marshall.
0: Oh, yeah. Mullen was at Miss State for, I forgot.
1: Georgia and yeah. Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are two schools that have had six head coaches since 2007. Colin, you want to guess one of them?
0: Oh, God. You know. Uh, your backyard.
2: We haven't had six head coaches since Houston, but Yes, you have. have. We've had six head coaches since Houston Nut.
1: You've had six head coaches
2: since Houston
0: Nut. Yeah, I I would say the other one is. Oh, you're counting
2: John L. Smith.
1: That doesn't count.
0: He was was not an interim
1: coach. He was a head coach. I believe. Who's the other one, Stuck? Tennessee. You're right. Arkansas, Houston Nut, Bobby Petrino, John L. Smith, Brett Bielema. Says hey to Colin. Chad Morris, Sammy Covers, Tennessee, Phil Fulmer, Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, Dooley. Jeremy Pruitt, and Josh Heupel.
2: John L. Smith made 850000 while he was at Arkansas. Told everybody to smile. Let me see if... I'll be damned. He was a head coach, not an interim for the year, but we all knew he was gone. Like it's the weirdest head coaching stint I've ever seen. Like
1: you can you can tell me how many national championships Saban has won. You can tell me how much money this school has made with him, how many buildings they have built. I will stand by that is the most impressive statistic that the SEC has had 52 different head coaches trying to keep up with the Saban.
2: Let's finish this up with one for the road. We've been giving out early picks. Uh, we record this on Monday and we're 14 and five. Shot, so a nice little run here that we've had going on. Uh, you know, what, Stucky, I'm going to start with you. Let, let's, let's, uh, why
0: don't you go first with your pick? Uh, yeah, I've been doing a week, a weekday one every week last week. Uh, luckily against some steam, uh, Southern miss got there with ease. Um, but uh, it was a fun game to watch. Crazy game. Uh, let's – got to go weekday again. We're not going to go match. We're going to a match and show. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, in case you guys listen to this later in the week. we got to go Thursday, Friday. Let's go App State. I've been waiting. This Coastal team is a paper tiger. I love Grayson McCall. And, by the way, if you look at Grayson McCall's numbers, they are so good. So, so good. Him and Drake May, man, like under pressure. That's the numbers that I really value. Grayson McCall is a stud. He just doesn't have a lot of help around him. And the defense is bad, bad. And they've been extremely fortunate in the takeaway department. And uh, I think that this is, this is cheap for App State here. Credit to McCall with what he's done with his decimated roster. But uh, I think App State picks up this win. Pretty big game in the Sun Belt. Um, Yeah. So give me uh, the Mountaineers.
2: All right. I'll go next. I'm going to take Rice. Another midweek game. Same night on Thursday night. Of course, like Stucky said, Tuesday, Wednesday night, we have you covered with full write-ups and a live show that we're going to have on Tuesday night. Uh, So I'm going to go Thursday night. The other game. I'm going to take Rice over UTEP current market right now, minus three and a half. It's a game I project at six and a half. And really, this all comes down to the fact that Rice has one of the best numbers, top 35, both rush and pass EPA. That's explosive plays. That is something that UTEP has struggled with all season long. They've struggled with third downs. They've struggled having any kind of offensive continuity whatsoever. You know, and so I think this is a tough spot because Rice is going to win this game based on explosive plays something UTEP hasn't been able to do,
1: and they haven't been able to defend. What you got, Brett? I went over on a big total last week. I'm going to do it again this week. Stuck, you referenced it earlier. I was afraid it was going to be your, your play. I'm glad it's not, but I'm glad we agree. That is over 69.5 Texas Tech and TCU. Uh, in Big 12 play, combined, they're 9-2 to the over. Texas Tech wants to run fast. TCU will go as fast as they need to go. There's some defensive issues there. Both teams, every Big 12 game, the winning team has scored at least 38. I think the winning team will get into the 40s, maybe the 50s. Give me over and what should be a fun game between Texas Tech and TCU. And a lot of younger folks may not realize that Sonny Dykes' dad was a former head coach at Texas Tech. So this game will have a lot of meaning for him.
0: I cannot I can make a, a comment, but not... It's in a joking manner, but it actually maybe it comes into play. And yeah, it's <laughs> Texas Tech every week. They say, we just want to go faster and faster and faster and faster. And they're going like so fast already. But if TCU, their quarterback injury luck continues against their opponents, Texas Tech has like three quarterbacks they can't decide on. Um, and like, so it really doesn't matter. There's no one that there's, they could have two quarterbacks get hurt in this game because all the Texas Tech quarterbacks, it's every week. It's like, I don't know. They all might play. It might be this guy, it might be this guy. So there is zero injury lock that could come into play for TCU this week because Texas Tech has three quarterbacks that can start at a lot of schools. And you might not even see them because they
2: run at twenty second, twenty point four seconds per play. So we don't, you know, I think the only thing holding up Texas Tech is when they're switching quarterbacks on the field. And to Brett's point, both these teams, Texas Tech and TCU, top twenty in rush explosiveness. It's just going to be a bonanza of explosive plays. It's going to be great. Yes. All right, that does it for us the new bcs we got you guys uh one for the road some picks for later on in this week look out for our mac stuff our mac live show on tuesday night and of course brett and i stucky we've got you covered on every angle from picks when it comes to maction and the college football playoff ranking so check us out over at action network cheers see ya.